Welcome to Humans, I'm Luke McCredden and this is episode 17. Uh, before we get into the intro of this episode, I just want to I just want to put out there that Humans has a Facebook group and I'd love, to, love for you to be a part of it. Jump onto Facebook and search Humans Podcast. It's a public group. Come and join in the conversation and have a bit of fun with everyone. And of course, Instagram, Humans underscore podcast. We'd love to see you there. Give us a follow. Uh, lots of good stuff coming up. Um, this is the first episode of many, I dare say, that are recorded remotely due to obviously everyone being separated and isolation and all that sort of stuff. So we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. This is episode 17, as I mentioned, with Andrew Hart, who is TV show host of lifestyle program hook line and sinker fishing and boating uh show and we have a great chat about all that and just general banter andrew's a great guy i've known him for a long time and he's a very professional albeit fun and a bit loose sometimes anyway check it out this is episode 17 with andrew hart At uh, midday today, and I'm not sure we needed to, to be honest. Well, you can't really go wrong with a. You're in Tassie. I would have thought fires just go all year round. We've had like a we've had a hundred and something mil of rain today. I'm flooded in, actually flooded in. Yeah, the roads washed out, um, trapped, trapped here in Tassie. It's been pretty good rain here too. But um, what about temperature wise? Is it freezing cold or is it all right? No, nah, it hasn't been too bad. It's been like, I don't know, 16, 17. Yeah, nice. Balmy. That's all right. Balmy. It's, yeah. it's a balmy yeah. autumn evening it's in about, Tasmania. I reckon it's about 35 in here at the moment with the fire going. So. <laughs> That's all right. The window good. open. Good. Uh, well, good. Good to see you anyway. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. This is no all we worries. can do now. We can't catch up. We can't go and have a beer and talk. We can't record in a no. studio together. It's just all remote. You can't even fish. We can still fish here in Tassie. Oh, there's been some debate about that over the last few days. But, yeah, I think it's pretty clear now that Victorians can't fish. Um, no. Why are you allowed to? Why is Tassie special? Uh, I think that they'll ruin it. I th- I, our Marine Safety Board went into bat for us um, mm. because it's probably safer to be in your boat than lining up in coals. Yeah, um, yeah. But people, you're meant to fish in your local area, but people are now taking the piss a bit and like towing their boats to all ends right. of the state to go fishing, which they're not meant to be doing. So I suspect yeah, okay. they'll ruin it for everyone. Probably, and that's what happens, isn't it? But um, anyway, yep. rules are rules. I think we'll all we'll all survive with not fishing for a little bit. It's um yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a pain. I mean, it's everything's a pain in the ass. Let's be honest at the moment. So not fishing is just one of the things. Um, not no sure. live just sport. add it to the list. Me the shits. No sport. Twenty twenty. Just write it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I reckon. Start twenty twenty one as soon as possible. Um yep. Yeah. Anyway. Are you coping all right as the family? Going okay. We're recording, by the way. Did I tell you we're recording? It's all good. It's oh, all right. going. It's all no. going. Oh good. Oh, yeah. the family's okay, yeah. They uh, yeah. we're homeschooling and you know, doing whatever we can do. Is it school holidays um, in Tassie or is it 
they've started it early, so it, yeah. they're meant to be at school this week, but um, we've we've got them home. But we're doing, you know, school schooling each morning. The, mm. I mean, the, my girls are um, are six and four, so schooling is colouring in really. Um, yeah, so it's not yeah. That taxing, but um, yeah. what's Mr. Hart like all, as a teacher? Oh, very strict. <laughs> yeah, no, very. No, I'm a pushover, absolute pushover. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, today we had to do, uh, uh, you know, search for the letter, colour in various uh, <laughs> pictures starting with the the letter S, so mm-hmm. socks, sandwich, uh, a scientist, a soccer yeah. ball, uh, colour them in and then cut them out and then stick them uh, on, a bit of, on a bit of paper. So I like it's it. It's quite challenging for me, actually. <laughs> How'd you go with it? You would have yeah, stretched no. that out. You would have stretched that over the entire day too, I reckon. There's your lesson. Oh, yeah. No, you don't want to rush those things. Uh, and then, you know, once recess came, they, yeah, it's all right, guys. You can watch TV for a bit. No problems. So, yeah, it's on the a first, school day, really? The only school that's got a four-hour recess. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> four-hour recess followed by a four-hour lunch followed by bed. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. I wouldn't mind going to that school. Anyway, we'll move on. I think kids are kind of... Okay with the the whole thing at the moment, not being having not having to go to school. It's a weird yeah, I one. Think, uh, certainly, kids my uh, our age, well, certainly my kids being the age they are, um, mm. it do, it doesn't really. I mean, I think it probably affects them not being able to go to school and see their friends. But um, true, true. But they're pretty easy going. We've actually got a, a pony coming on Saturday, so that's been the talk of the house. So getting a pony, and, yeah, getting a pony. Finally. Wow. Um, so the last three weeks has been um, building fences and getting hay and getting it all ready. So is the search for a something. good pony tough? I hear it's really tricky to find a good oh, pony. God, there's no good ponies out there, Luke. No, they don't come up very often. <laughs> although when you look, they're, <laughs> I think they're like a trailer sailor boat. I think every <laughs> pony is actually for sale. Yeah. Um, but no, we, we've we've found a, a good pony apparently. Well, what are the um, key indicators of a good pony? Ride. Couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> just so long as the thing doesn't spit and kick me all the time. Hopefully, um, yeah. but this is a well, this is a good pony in that it's a free pony if there's any oh. such thing. Um, so it's on a free lease. Okay. Looking after the pony for another family until yeah. they're ready for the pony. So you know, two years. Right. To see if we actually want ponies um but i'm led to believe that there's actually no such thing as a free pony either because we'll have to pay for pony to feed pony and yeah do ponies little shoes and whatever else <laughs> the fence has already costed an exorbitant amount of money so right, right um yes anyway ponies come along at a good time in the in the whole COVID 19 well debacle. yeah yeah not bad not bad time at all where's it come from yeah. is it a local thing or do you have to did you have to search far and wide um it's from the north of the state so i'm down the south of the state mm. uh, so on saturday we're going up we have to hire a horse flight because i haven't purchased <laughs> a horse flight yet they're about 18 grand you'll be pleased to know really? um so hired one for 75 bucks a day and um we'll put pony in the horse flight and uh, away we go but it's it's uh one it's a girl that actually that we met we we're on a family holiday on flinders island and we stayed with these guys and um yeah, the, the lady had, had this pony that she's sort of keeping for her kids, but her kids are a bit young, a bit young to use it yet, so mm-hmm. um, they, don't, they don't want pony yet. Pony's Fair called enough. Superman, by the way. The pony's called Superman. 
You can't change yep. that? No. No, it's a little no. grey, a little grey Welshy. Is it bad? It's probably bad like, like changing a boat name. Yeah, I don't think we can change. Given it's also not ours, we can't really change its name. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, horse floats the, the are an interesting is, one. The, horse floats I don't want to think about, but um, but one thing that I should let you know is that I'm terribly allergic to horses. Like, what do you mean? I come out in hives. Yeah. Are you serious? Like, yeah. Yeah, we've wow. got a horse over the back fence and I patted it the other, uh, yesterday. And um, and, then, and I was out of antihistamine, so I had to make a quick dash to the <laughs> chemist with my eyes basically closing over and tears really? running out of them. Yeah, jeez, yep. it's um, it's so that's good too. So so does uh, Superman do the this? Are great. <laughs> <laughs> Is Superman going to have the same effect? Yeah, no, it's all horses. <laughs> yep, horses and cats and uh, and grass. It seems that I'm allergic to. Hey, right. a bubble yep. could be good for you. <laughs> yeah, I should be the boy in the bubble. <laughs> I seem to kill it with red wine and um and ah. uh, beers, but I was yeah. gonna, I was going to um say I, I dare say you've got one in your hand. So cheers, cheers to to you yeah. and your and your red wine. Um, cheers to you. We've had various meetings over Zoom and Skype and so forth with yourself and Nick Digan, and there's more often than not there is red wine involved with you. So I did expect it. So good, good to see it. Yeah. Little Tassie Pino, I'm, I'm on at the moment. So um, oh. my wife actually does some marketing for for a little vineyard here on the east coast, and we um, we therefore get mates right. So oh. little Tassie Pino, it's good stuff. Can we organise some shipping to Melbourne? Sure, sure. Tassie Pino, that was uh, I think when I, I think when I was down there with you last, we had a real crack at some Tassie Pino from memory. I suspect so. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good stuff. It's what you do when you're in Tassie. You drink the local stuff. When we go away on the show, we always make a rule that we have to drink the local um, wine or the local beer. So it's it's an adventure. You never know what you're going to get. So when you are travelling on with the show, do you feel like you have a pretty good idea of where the better wines come from? Do you do you <laughs> walk away? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a it's not a thing about wines. Um, I generally let let our cameraman, uh, the old the old cameraman Mike. He generally chooses the wine because he's a mm. soak from way back. Yeah, right. Um, but I look. I'm of the opinion these days if you if you're happy to pay fifteen or twenty bucks for a bottle of wine in the bottle shop, yeah, um, it's not going to be a bad drop. You know, yeah. I just don't. Maybe it's just me and that I like all booze but um but it's i just you think if you if you buy what you like and you and you spend sort of 15 bucks or more um you struggle to find a bad wine these days i reckon yeah yeah that's a fair call that's a fair call if you look hard enough you can find a bad one but i think generally speaking they're probably yeah yeah you're right they're pretty good the worst thing for us is because we're in we we tend to travel to very remote and regional areas so the best you know, um, option for dinner is the pub, mm. uh, either the top pub or the bottom pub, um, or both <laughs> if you're there for extended period of time. Yeah. Um, and you do find yourself paying, you know, like $50 for a bottle of $13 wine yeah, sort of thing yeah. in the pub, but, yeah. but that's all right. Yeah. And how, so what's happening with all, with the, the show hook line of sinker is it things on hold at the moment. You can't do much traveling at the, obviously what, what's happening? No. Um, we're just trying to keep all the balls in the air, really. We've um, so it's all brand funded. So uh, you know, if our sponsors aren't doing very well, we're not doing very well. But um, 
But no, look, I think we're going, we're still going to deliver a series uh, as as we'd planned to. So, what are we now? Start of April. Um, we had we we're meant to be on the on the road uh, at the moment, doing a sort of a 10, 10 day road trip um, through the eastern states of Australia, towing a boat. You know, catching different species of fish. That's obviously mm. not happening. Um, but we've been filming around Tassie the last few days. Um, right. Big days filming for not much. Killed our drone yesterday, which was a bit of a disappointment. Um, <laughs> How did you do it? Oh, look, Nick Nick did it, which is the only <laughs> saving grace. Um, went, we, were, we were out uh, trying to catch a mako shark from a wave runner. So I was on a wave runner, a jet ski, uh, yeah, right. and Nick was in the boat. And mm. um, we, were, we were just sort of sitting out there on the continental shelf burling up for a shark, just the two of us, keeping social distancing rules and everything. Uh, of course, you know, in check, and yep. so we didn't have a cameraman. So Nick was the cameraman, um, and saw some whales. So I zipped over there in the, in the wave runner to, to sort of have a look at them. And yeah. uh, and Nick thought, well, he'll stay burling for the shark and also put the drone up. Went to launch the drone, and it um, they, they don't like taking off from a moving sort of platform. So there was it was quite calm, but the boat's still sort of going up and down, and it it just didn't really take off properly, and it it, it it sort of faltered and then it, it clipped the side of the boat and it fell in the water. And uh, although I didn't see it, I'm, I'm informed that it sunk like a brick and <laughs> it was gone. Right. Um, so that was a shame. But no, look, we're still filming. We're just going to try and cobble together um, whatever we can cobble together. Yeah. Um, I think we're, we're going to do a thing fishing-wise. We're going to do search for Australia's greatest fish. Um, mm. It might have a better name than that, but... <laughs> It'll use um, it'll use some archival footage and yep. and we will rate the various fish um, until we find the best fish. So that's probably a segment in every show. Um, yeah. And then the rest of, the rest of it will be the old boats that we do up and yep. um, and then yeah, just sort of some fishing that we can do between now and then, really. Because I was thinking about TV in general the other day and what effect this will have on the production of all sorts of television from, you know, prime time sort of family game shows right through to lifestyle shows like fishing shows and, and whatnot. Are we going to see in a few months time, not much new content because no one's been able to create anything. Look, I know that people are still creating in various ways, but is it going to hit a point where <laughs> there's just not much fresh content to be aired? I reckon, I reckon, you know, I reckon it'd be longer than that. I reckon that there's still stuff that's, you know, being edited now and whatever else, even if people aren't out filming it. Um, but yeah, I reckon okay. in, yeah, six or nine months' time, you might find that. Um, yeah. You know, because it takes a while to turn content around. So you can't just go mm. and, you know, make it, or depending on what you're filming, but if you just go and sort of film it one week, you can't really turn it around for the following week. So I suspect you're right. Um, and that's what we're doing. We're just trying to keep making it. Um, yeah. And we haven't been really, we haven't been, putting anything up on social media or anything like that yet um, because I think we're, we're just sort of creating a bit of a mountain of stuff yep. and then from that we will we'll edit it all up and um, and then we'll sort of blitz it when we've got a heap of stuff to blitz it with. That's yeah. sort of our plan. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yep. And like we're, we're very fortunate. I mean the only reason we've been going for as long as we have is because um, we're sort of a one-stop shop. So Nick and I, we host but we also produce – and those days we're shooting, you know, and doing mm. sound. Um, whereas, um, you know, other shows, other proper shows uh, <laughs> have, you know, a crew of, a, a big crew of producers, directors, 
cameraman sound does. Uh, yeah. Whereas we can sort of do it ourselves. So that's the only reason really why we, we, we've gone for as long as we can, uh, or as long as we have, um, and, and why we're still sort of still scraping together something. Yeah. You'd say proper show, but, I mean, you guys have been on long enough now that <laughs> you're a proper show. You can't discard, yeah, discard what you this do. I know what, in terms of crew number and, and, and people around making the production happen, but, you know, to, to, to watch Hook, Line and Sinker or any of the content that you guys make, whether it be for online or whatever, it's as good as anything you'll see in terms of production well, quality. It's very kind. No, look, we've, we've got a very good editor. Um, and you're right, this is our 20th year. So, yeah. um, you know, we sort of know how to, I guess we know how to shoot it, um, which, which involves... Very little planning, and we just go and shoot it basically. And and the, the the stuff that the thing that I've learned over the years is you can plan all you like, but very rarely goes to script. So it's almost to the point now where you you don't bother planning. You just go right. I'm just going to go fishing, mm. and um and it's the things that you can't possibly script or you can't possibly plan that that are the things that um that make that make the show. So yeah, like dropping boats on boat ramps or yeah. You know, losing fish when they're not meant to lose them or that sort I've, of thing. I've done a lot of stuff um, with you and Nick in recent years. And one thing I've noticed is a lot of what you put on camera or in podcast format, in, in our case, seems very natural. I know you do work a lot behind the scenes and do a lot of, you know, I suppose research or study on whatever you're going to talk about. But it feels very natural when it comes out of your mouth and Nick's mouth. Do you think you're the sort of person that if you tried to um, script or plan too much, it would be a detriment? Uh, yes. I think where we are these days with how we make our show, I think um, a script is a detriment, um, particularly when we're together. I think Nick could go and do a scripted thing or I could go and do a scripted thing. But if we're together, which is you know what we've been mm. for the last 20 years, we sort of just bounce off each other and um, it's hard to script that. It's hard to yep. script that sort of that chemistry that um, where, you know, it, it's, it's just the way it comes out. So we, even when we're doing sort of more serious stuff, um, so we do, uh, you know, productions for safe boating for the government. We do a yep. forestry TV show, for God's sake. And um, it, it's sort of, it's serious. It's not that fun, but we still don't script it. We just sort of, we get, we try and get the messages that they want us to get through. And and that's all we just take. So into a, you know, into a piece of camera, we, we might take a, a few dot points rather than a script. Yep. Yep. And we just sort of have a go at it and see how it comes out. This podcast, Andrew, you'll be pleased to know is... Um Less than a few dot points when I go into a, an episode. <laughs> so, but, but, but what I think happens, and, and I know it's a different beast with television, and but what I think happens with what I'm doing is if I let what I want to achieve is an organic conversation and if I've got too much written down, I'll miss some cues that will go into that really good conversation or chat that, you know, you see a lot on the on the news or whatever or a interview show and you see some cues that are missed and you thought, oh, you think that could be a good opportunity to jump down and and talk more about that, but so I find if I have it scripted too much, I'll miss those opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think. What that's about important. your research? Have you um, you know, have you been doing any research research on, into me, Luke? On you, I've got yeah. a lot on you. If you um, if you Google me, I think I come up as a former rugby league player, um, <laughs> which isn't true. Yeah. yeah. So, have you got you know, Have you got a Wikipedia it. page? 
Yeah, it says I'm a former rugby league player. Oh, it says it on there. <laughs> From St. George. Yeah. <laughs> How many games did you play? It says uh, not very many. I wasn't very good. Uh, but uh, that's what it says. And it says that I work with Nick Digan and make a fishing show. So Wow. Yeah, I'm going to check that wrong. out. I guess I can change that, could I? But I, I think it's know. editable, yeah. Um, I'm not never yeah. really worked that out, but that's interesting. Yeah. I've always wanted to find the Andrew Hart that played rugby league. But, uh, so there is one. It's just a confusion, is it? There actually is an Andrew Hart that played rugby league? Well, yeah, according to Wikipedia. I don't know. I, yeah, but it might yeah, just I be someone might just have rolled with it and thought this guy played rugby league. Looks like he's got a rough head. Um, <laughs> I look like a league player. I talk like a league player. Yeah. Have you ever played? League? Yeah. No, they should shut it down. It's terrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I um, say that. Obviously, well, coming from an AFL state, um, yeah. No, I haven't. I've never got into rugby league. I Fair used enough. to get into the Origin when it was yeah um, a bloodbath. Mm. Yeah, um, but no, I just don't see it. I just don't <laughs> don't see the attraction to rugby league. Love my AFL. Yeah, yeah. You're a Sydney man. Yep. Which is odd. Why South Melbourne? Is there a connection there? Uh, I've got an older brother who, so my brother's ten years older than me. Uh, he just always went for Sydney. I think, I think he was probably just when they became the Swans. He might remember them being South Melbourne, but he just got me into them, so I just yeah. followed them from from then. They used to be, yeah. you know, Kappa running around. They used to be really crap when I used to follow them. Yeah, like just absolute cellar dwellers. Um, yeah, and so that was quite good because then you sort of follow them through the success and. Um, so they've been a really good side to go for, actually, over the years. This one, Buddy Oath, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And they should be okay still, as long as Buddy's there. <laughs> I think they'll be all right. They've got good culture, Luke. It's all about the culture. Yeah, I wouldn't not know. Too many, uh, not too many sleeved, <laughs> tattooed people running around there, except Buddy. We make an exception for him, but uh, they're all just clean, you know, clean oh, cut, nice, okay. nice boys. Yeah. Is that what it is? Whereas I think similar to Geelong. <laughs> Uh, the culture of the two clubs very, very similar. In fact, we've got uh, Tom Harley running the show. So, yeah, he's a former cat as well. Yeah. You know, I think Paul Ruse was is just a good guy. He he sort of instilled that culture on them. Yeah. Um, the horse, Johnny Longmire, is just a good guy. I think the culture of the club is very good as Fair opposed enough. to other clubs like Melbourne, for example. Oh, I was waiting for it. I mean, <laughs> come on. Come on. Fair this was going to be our year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if there's no, no more football, the Swans finish in the eight, which I reckon isn't bad. You'd That's take not that, bad. So. That's not bad. No, no we'll be no. right. We'll be right. Um, <clears throat> on the uh, just just going back to to the um, production side of things with your TV, I wanted to ask you about because um, one of the other things I've noticed with you guys being around you when the camera is rolling is um, you're very comfortable. Have you always been comfortable in front of a camera? Is that something? 20 years of television has, has sort of made you? Yeah, I think um, I think it probably has. Um, so I started off as a news journalist. Um, mm. So I left school, went to Sydney and did like a journalism course thing. Nick would call it a typing course. Um, but part of it was work experience. So during my, during my holidays, uh, I, I would go back to Tassie and do work experience and got... Uh, basically, before the course was over, I had a job at, at the local TV station um, doing news stories. So um, it was it was from a very young age that I was I was in front of the camera. Um, yep. It, it wasn't comfortable, but I guess I had enough sort of I don't know. I just sort of just went with it. Um, I think 
I got told earlier that you have to sort of um, overemphasize everything on camera. Um, right. Otherwise, you seem a bit flat, a bit, bit sort of um, a bit cardboard. So mm-hmm. I sort of took that and sort of ran with it, and um, and then just had a bit of fun with it. So it's never been a never been a big thing. I tell you what, the thing that I'm most uncomfortable about actually is is a live crowd. So we we sort of do the odd emceeing gig or something like that. And if yeah. I'm with Nick, it's okay because there's two of us. So if you run out of something to say, the other the other person just jumps in. But if I'm emceeing something by myself, I'm I'm bloody hopeless, absolutely really? hopeless, and really self conscious and really. Uh, really nervous and um, and just you know stuff it up badly. So it's funny, like a camera, is that, no problems. Is that because of the actual physical presence of people? Do you think? I guess as opposed so, yeah. to a camera. Yeah. yeah, and look, I used to I used to do live sport and live TV, and you know it was fine. I just didn't even didn't even think about it. Um, mm-hmm. There was only you know one or two other people in the room in the studio kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny. Like the camera's never really been been an issue for me but um but yeah talking in front of an audience has it's interesting very interesting the other thing that i suppose you've you guys have got um yourself and nick is this amazing sort of on-air um thing that just it just works and just you guys click and just bounce off each other so well and um that alone is a is a real is a really great thing i i think for for a for viewing um it's a great thing, but it must be a great thing to have to to make stuff to create the content that you guys do. Um, having yeah, that other person um, that you gel with so well. Yeah, look, Nick's. I would never say this to him, but he's quite. He's very talented. He's a very funny man, and mm. um, so it's pretty easy for me. Do you want me to edit that out? Basically, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> just but he, no, look, he, he's funny. You know, he yeah. he just basically comes up with you know, good one-liners and usually pulling the piss out of me, yep. um, which is fine because that's just the way the show goes. Mm. So all I have to do is basically just sit there and, <laughs> you know, play the straight guy while he, uh, while he pulls the piss out of me and it just sort of works. Um, it's just sort of funny. It's just like I, I hope people feel sorry for me really. Uh, <laughs> <because> <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it, it is. And, and look, as I said, you know, with the live, you know, talking in front of live people, it's, it's handy having someone else there to help you to sort of pull you out of wherever you might end up. Um, so it's the same with the show. You know, if you, if you, if you run out of something to say about catching a flathead, Nick can jump in or vice yeah. versa. Um, and it just sort of, it, it just sort of makes the show bounce along a little bit, a little bit better. I think I watch some of the fishing shows, you know, with just one host and if they're struggling, having to make a show on catching, you know, Tommy Ruff off a jetty or something, which yeah. sounds good, but just once you've caught one, it's like it's hard to catch a second and a third and a fourth. Um, yeah. And sometimes you just have to make that show. Um, just having one of them is, you know, it gets a bit, it gets a bit hard, it gets a bit boring. But having both of us there, being able to pull the piss out of each other, sort of, I think keeps it rolling. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and it's been it's been awesome. I've been really lucky to be. Uh, quite literally in the middle of, of you guys in the in the studio podcast one um, over the last few months recording a couple of series of, of podcasts under the hook line and sinker banner and um, been a lot of fun but it's been it's a really good learning for someone like myself who's interested in this thing just to watch you guys go about it it's a it's a it's a bizarre thing too though because quite often I'll sort of you try and take away stuff stuff or or, or look at the way that other people do stuff. But ultimately, you got to try and just 
be your natural self too, don't you? Like it, it's it's a tough one to mo- like. Obviously, you can't model yourself directly off someone. You can certainly draw inspiration from someone though, and I definitely look at the way you guys flow naturally and and speak naturally, um, and and try and draw inspiration from that. Um, but it's been it's been great. It's been it's been a real uh, eye opener and a lot of fun being in the middle of you guys during those podcast sessions for sure. No, look, we yeah, you know, I've really enjoyed it as well. But um, I think we've we've probably become more natural over the over the journey. Um, I think early doors, if like if I go back and watch a fishing show from two thousand and four or whatever, uh, I'm I'm very much uh, putting on a I don't know putting on something that I'm not like putting yeah, okay. on a big voice and yep. um, you know being a, a radio type like oh yeah yeah some <laughs> sort of strange yeah uh, whereas these days I think we, we it, pretty much if we go fishing without the cameras it's exactly as yep. though it would be with the cameras yep um, so there's just not really any acting anymore yeah. do you how harsh a critic of of yourself are you um certainly don't like how fat I'm getting. I just <laughs> saw a photo of me on, a, on the wave runner yesterday and Jesus, it's, and it's not it, like I'm in a little life jacket, which looks stupid anyway. Uh, like it rides up around my boobs and, um, and I'm in this wetsuit as well, which is yeah. not the most flattering thing anyway. Wetsuits um, don't make anyone and, look good. No, no, they don't. Uh, so look, I, I'm, I'm a bit uh, conscious about how how fat I'm getting, but uh, as far as the show goes, I, I didn't really mean that. I meant more about. No, about no, 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 no. I'm serious. Like we, I mean, we went through a lot of years where we didn't even watch the show. Like, so yeah. we, we, when we shoot a show, we then put the show together basically on paper. So, yep. Nick will do episode one. I'll do episode two. Nick will do episode three, and you basically just go through all the raw footage and and you write down um, the order of. Um, you know, the piece to cameras and yep, the order scenes. of the fish you catch. And yep. if there's any voiceover in there, you, you write some voiceover and, and then you, you go in and you, you put the voiceover down, you give it to the editor and, um, and away you go. She, yep. she um, cuts, you know, cuts the show and puts the music in and makes it look nice and polishes it. And there was a while there where we weren't even watching the show. Like that's, mm. you know, we were so blase about it, but then we sort of thought, well, when we actually did say one, it was like, oh, hang on a minute, this could actually be a lot better. So, um, so we sort of started taking it a bit more seriously and 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 really watching it, and um, which was good, I think. Particularly, our editor's very good at creative, funny stuff, um, mm. but she didn't have uh, a lot of idea about the fishing side of things. So, yep. you know, there'd, there'd often be uh, fishing sequences that were wrong, um, yep. not big things, and not, you know, probably most people wouldn't pick it up, but we sort of did. Um, but no, look, I, I don't think I'm that harsh a critic on on myself with the show. Um, yeah, I, I just think it it's sort of stood this test of time, and we'll just keep doing it while we can. Um, yeah, I think yeah, with this whole COVID nineteen thing, we'll get through this year. But yeah. who knows what next year looks like? Wow. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, everything could look different next year or later on this year, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For sure. But you know, we've had a we've had a good run, and we don't take it for granted. No, I mean it's been great. It's been a um, you know, in in the in the fishing space, so to speak, and that lifestyle program, there's not many that have had the longevity. Um, obviously, um, 
Paul Worsling's done incredibly well with iFish and, and yourselves in terms of longevity. And then Rex back in the day and, and probably E.T. Yeah. had a fairly E.T.'s good run. E.T.'s been around a while. Yeah. Uh, Rob Paxvanis has been around a while. Fishing yeah. Australia. Um, but given so, yeah, the, given no, the amount of, of people that um, go out there and pitch a series or do, do whatever they do and, and there's a lot of yeah. um, platforms they can be played on now, it's still short-lived a lot in a lot of... A lot of case i think there's in in an industry that there is um yeah i suppose a, a lot of people making stuff to get yep. just to to last as long as you guys have is pretty pretty good effort so i think the key for us is is that our funding um from the industry is only a small part of our funding so you have to find someone uh, outside of the industry to sort of jump on board because as you say, there's a lot of fishing shows and a lot of content being made mm. and the fishing and boating industry in this country, um, although large, isn't, isn't enough to sustain, to sustain us all. Yeah. Um, so everyone's going for the same sponsors. Everyone's going for the same money. Um, so the thing that sort of kept us going is maybe thinking outside the square a little bit. So, you know, we've had uh, up until last week, we've had the University of Tasmania with the Australian Maritime College on board. Yep. Uh, we've always... We've had car sponsors and we've always over-delivered for them. Um, we, we've never changed our fishing sponsor. So Wilson Tackle, you know, they're a family company from Brisbane yep. um, who are fiercely loyal. And and I think we too are loyal. So we, we've 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 really never changed our sponsors, yep. which I think is is probably is another reason why we've been around so long. Um, we just sort of become part of the furniture, I guess. Um, yep. We we deliver what we say we're going to deliver. I don't think we're expensive um, and uh, and they, they sort of get value out of us and, yeah. and therefore we haven't had to go searching and knocking down doors and, and changing and chopping and changing sponsors. Um, so that's sort of been a, a big positive for us. That loyalty piece is an interesting one because I think um, I think in a lot of cases and you don't have to you don't have to go into detail, but I, I would imagine the reason loyalty is not a big thing in, and not just fishing, like in other industries in TV as well, is because better offers come along. And to turn down a better offer to, to be loyal to a brand or a sponsor it is it's a pretty good um, trait to have. It's a ballsy one as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, and again, without knowing your details, I, I dare say that stuff's all right, uh, arisen as well at some point, then you're going to make those calls. But the loyalty yeah, thing um, for longevity, as you say, is probably as important as anything. Well, it's it's funny. We haven't we've been a really slow burn. It's been a really slow growth. So you get to every year and you say, Well, right, I will keep going, will we? Is it gonna grow? Is it gonna, you know, are we gonna we're we gonna go forward or are we gonna go backwards? Every year it's gone, you know, it's grown, but it's never mm. grown. It's never like um it's never gone gangbusters where all of a sudden we're you know, can retire the next year sort of thing. Um, it's always been a very slow, slow growth. Um, and I just think the relationships we make with our sponsors, are, you know, they're, they're all our mates basically. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, we're no different when we go and catch up with them as we are when we go and catch up with our mates. Um, so I think it's just, that's just how we sort of do it. Um, and we are loyal to our sponsors. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, don't think it's worth chopping and changing. You you might get a little bit more money here or here or there if you want to, but I I, th- I don't think you'll have the the long term uh, yeah you know, game that we've been able yep. to play. Yep, fair call, fair call. You got a fucking beast of a fucking mozzie or something flying around your camera at the moment. Yeah, I know. 
I know. Is that a native a native Tasmanian fucking killer fly or something? That was just a sticky fly, but um <laughs> my brother in law has a like a pest eradication business and Has he, he sprays the house. And yeah. I'm in the bush. Yeah. Um so that's good, but I think it's all worn off because yesterday uh two huntsmen and I killed a white tail in my, in my bathroom last night. I haven't told my wife that yet. Oh um, yeah, no. So I've organized for him to come and spray. Um, but it's good once you get sprayed, not a fly in the house for like three weeks. They so just stay right. away. <laughs> it's it's, the, it's the spiders that give me the shits though. It's the, cause we yeah. get, do you get redbacks? Do you get redbacks? Oh, look, we do, but I, I haven't seen one here. Yeah. So they're probably but, just hiding out of sight. Yeah. I've got heaps of them in the shed to be honest. And yeah, they're pretty frightening. Some of them are big. I set off those bombs uh, every shit. now and then, you know, spiders are shit. Snakes are shit. Yeah. Like any other. You got snakes bombs around your good. joint? Well, they are, but not around our house for, you know, touch good. wood. I don't yeah, know why. We've had, we've had a dog always up until recently. Um, yeah. So 2020, shit, yeah. Um, 2020, shit, dog yeah. Bloody got run over about a month ago. So. That's shit. That's and really since shit. that, um, we've, we've had possums now eating our lemon trees, which are up on our deck. It's like it's, while we had the dog, there were no possums. And yep. so I'm just hoping now that the snakes don't come. Yeah, fair call. Fair call. I must admit I, I've got... Two cats that I hate, absolutely hate. Yeah, terrible but one, but, but one of them um, is a, he just loves killing rats and mice, and I'm sure that he yeah, cool. um, keeps a, a lot of other things away too. When we first moved into to our house, actually, we had there's a brand new home, and we had a, a, a bloody well, I don't even know what you what's a group of rabbits called. Uh, I couldn't tell. Fuck. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Heaps of them around. Google it, can you? Yeah. I know it's a rabbit warren, but it's not a. It'd be something. Collective noun for rabbits. Uh, a fluffle. No, it's not. Is it? <laughs> a group of bunnies is called a fluffle. A fluffle of rabbits. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, we had a fluffle of rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> or a or a herd. A herd? They have a know, litter? A litter? Well, a litter's a, a... I don't know. No, I'm going with fluffle. I'm going with fluffle. Fluffle's good. Yep. Yep. We had a fluffle of rabbits that were living around our yeah. house. And within a couple of months, a cat um, destroyed them. And there yeah, we've good. never seen one since. So it's been great. And, yeah, uh, like I said, I'm sure um, there's a few other bits and pieces that don't come too close to the house because of him. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. That sort of things. No, we can't have a cat because we have so many beautiful little birds. Yes. So we yep. have robins and blue wrens and firetails and um, I quite like them. Yeah, but and also you, birds too, but, you're um, allergic. I'd be to cats. Yeah, I know. Mm. So, yeah, I am. <laughs> so we can't have cats for that. Two, three reasons. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we've also now just got a, well, he's about one and a half, chocolate lab. And he just yeah, eats nice. mainly furniture. Yep. yep. Um, and food. Yeah, yeah, it's food. But, you know, anything. Yep. Roses. My rose garden is gone. Yep. Um, there's about one or two standard roses left and the, the rest are gone. Um, some of the kids' sort of bikes and stuff that were out there are gone. No, he'll be a good dog. Um, so good with the kids. <laughs> So good with the kids. No, seriously, labs great. Yeah. That's a, we just lost a lab. Um, yeah. Actually, going through the process now of working out what what dog to get next. Um, yeah. What, what type of dog? Yep. 
uh, not really close to making any decision yet. Don't know. Fair enough. Did I um did a questionnaire on like a power pedigree questionnaire? Yeah. And you know it said uh, you know are you are you going to walk this dog? With, and it was like oh yeah sometimes yeah is the dog fenced in oh kind of yeah. is there kids <laughs> yes there's kids um, you want an energetic dog no not really so, um, and it came back with a boston terrier which What's i found that? interesting is that a little oh, like thing a little, sort of, yeah pretty really little. okay medium medium yeah but then i looked at them and you can't really find them there's only like three trainers in the country and uh, three breeders in the country They're like four grand a dog i'm like well Look at that. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> get something from the pound. It is a big decision though, isn't it? But dog. Yeah. Not, the... not just for Christmas, like. No, no. No. Are you gonna maybe you should do that this year. That'd be fun. Doing the whole Christmas present dog thing. Yeah. The kids are the right age, but I just I think I just think we need to keep life simpler rather than Fair enough. more complicated. Fair enough. How is Tassie? I want to talk to you about Tassie because I love Tassie. I love Hobart, and I know you're not far from Hobart. What? What? Yep. Why do you love Tassie? Uh, I love Tassie because there's not as many people here <laughs> as, mm. as mm. there are interstate, and the and the, and there's it's still it's it's sort of still like being back in the day. You know, you can yep. still sort of get away from everyone. The rules are a little bit more relaxed. Um, you can go boating and fishing and find your own beach, even in the middle of summer. Um, you know, a busy day at the boat ramp here might be might be 50 boats, and that's sort of unheard of. Um, yeah. Whereas ordinarily during the week, there might be just you. Um, yeah. So I like that. And I, I, I like the seasons. I like summer, um, but I also <laughs> quite like winter. I do. You do get over it by the end of winter. But, um, yeah. but I, I like the four seasons. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying this current autumn calm weather and um, yeah. nice warm water and good fish. Um, I like the fishing, um, but yeah, I, we sort of keep to ourselves. I, I'm not really a city, a city bloke. Um, I'd rather just sort of uh, hang out, hang out here on the coast and uh, keep to ourselves. This is where it's funny with what's happening at the moment with the social distancing and isolation and all that sort of thing. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of nice in a way, in a way that you can just purposely um, spend some time hanging out on your own or with your fam- direct family and on your if you've got a half decent property to enjoy um, to do that as well. Um, yeah, no, look, there's a, there's a, there's positives to come out of it. We were meant <laughs> to be, you know, we were meant to be, as I said earlier, on the road for ten days. Yeah, which never goes down that well, um, you know, with with the family, um, and there yeah. was going to be plenty more of that coming up too in the next sort of two or three months. Yeah. So that's all not happening now, which uh, I think will make life a little bit easier, hopefully. How um, the hitting the road for 10 days, a couple of weeks, a few weeks or whatever, how, how do you find that with a young family? You've got two young kids. Um, I know if I've got work commitments that take me away for a, a few days, I, I, I struggle with it a little bit like I, I really do. How do you go? Yeah, with it? No, it is a struggle. I think as they as they getting sort of a little bit older, it's getting a little bit harder too. Like when they're sort of babies, it's like oh, well, you don't get much out of them anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're just babies. Yeah. Uh, but now you know now they're sort of four and six, and you're getting a lot out of them, and yeah. you talk to them, and they miss you. They they genuinely miss you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, look, it, it's it's all it's all becoming a bit harder, a bit tedious, yeah. but. Um, 
But Nick went through it as well. He's got three three girls. He's sort of on the other side of it now. Nick yeah. his eldest is seventeen. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, look, it's just it's it's hard. It's hard to leave. Um, we I guess when we're on the road, we sort of don't take the piss. Like we work pretty. We actually yep. work pretty hard. Um, people might be surprised by that, but they're they're very <laughs> long days. Uh, yep. And you know, we sort of make the most of of what while we're there to film as much as we can. Um, yep. Yeah. So we we try and keep it to a minimum. Um, yep. I guess that's the that's the key. Uh, yeah. Which is probably to the detriment of the show a little bit too, because uh, and and the whole experience. Like you know, for example, if we if we're fishing and and it's a hot bite of something. And, and we catch two Mulloway, for example. We're like, right, let's hit the road and get to the next spot rather than staying there and catching eight Mulloway um, yeah. because we just don't need them. And and we figure, well, if if we can get out of here earlier, we might be able to get home a day earlier, and that would be that would be yeah. That's sort of what we're sort of um, thinking about. So makes it's sense. Just, it's got to manage. It's hard. It it is hard. There's no doubt about that. But um, but it's you know, it, there's plenty of people. Who, who are FIFOs and who are, you know, yeah. who work away from home and it's just part of life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. And it is. It's your work life. So it's not as if you're doing it. It's not a holiday um, as much as there's a, probably a perception. I remember actually talking with Lee Rayner on this podcast about um, the perception of the cruisiest, easiest holiday type job in the world is being a TV show host. Um, yeah. You know, as, as he explained, it's it's – it's far from it, you know, even just the, just the being there and doing it and not catching any fish to put on TV is just, you're just hemorrhaging money <laughs> every day that you're yep. not doing anything or, you know, it's not as cruisy as it sounds. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure you love your job. It's a great job, but. Oh, look, we, I've, some of the best days of my life have been uh, on, on the show, you know, traveling, yep. fishing. Um, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But there's also a lot, you know, there's pressure to go with it, like like what Lee said. You know, you are you are spending money uh, all the time while you're on the road, mm. um, and you're just wanting to you're wanting to catch fish, basically. Um, so there's that pressure of that as well. Um, so you know, there's, it's like any job. It's a, but it is a job. It's not a holiday. Um, yeah. It is sort of even just the travel it takes it out of it. I know that's you just sound like a whinging wanker if you say that, but it, it actually does take it out. Of it. It's just like. No. Forever traveling, forever driving, yeah. and just trying to get to the next spot, and staying in shitty motels, and um, you know, eating crap, and and going fishing. It's um, yeah. It, what it isn't, what it isn't, is a boys' trip on the road. And um, I think often, often we find ourselves tagging along on these sort of on these uh, boys' trips or fishing trips, and mm. um, and they're all there. You know, this is a this is a once a year thing for them, and they're yeah. excited and they're. They're hitting the piss and they're getting into it, and you know it's just really thrilling for them. Yeah. Whereas um, that's it's not that for us. It's sort of it's 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 sort of the norm for us. We just basically go and we try and get what we get and um, yeah and and go. But as I say, I'm not talking it down either. Like it's a it's a bloody good job and some of the best days, some of the best experiences in my life have happened because of it and and on the road. Yeah. Has it changed you at all, Andrew, as a person? Do you think being having this role uh, or your career being fairly public in you know um, has it changed how you just are as a person? Uh, I don't know. I'm very um, reclusive these days. I'm just happy to stay in a very small group of uh, of people um, here on the coast. Um, whether that's because of it, I don't really know. Um, mm. 
I, I, I think where <laughs> I think when it all ends, it'll be an interesting time for me. Like when I have to actually find a real job, um, <laughs> that's going to be a, that's going to be a, a vaguely interesting time when I'll probably have to come to terms with who I am and what I want to do and, and that sort of thing. But, um, but no, look, I think Nick and I are both pretty, pretty cruisy really. Yeah. Um, we just sort of just take it as it comes and we just, just keep, keep chipping away at it really. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's changed me, but um, I, I don't, I, when I first started, I used to enjoy, um, you know, um, people coming up to you and what that sort of thing. But yeah, um, I, I'm pretty happy just, Hanging with the family now. Yeah, that's good. That's good in Tassie, in the, one of the most beautiful places in the world. It is indeed. It's a bit of a secret. Don't tell anyone about Tassie. No, not many people know about it. <laughs> You're close no, off the well, board. Is that is, has that happened? Oh, thank God they have. I've been getting <laughs> so pissed off with the like, because you know Tassie's like, ah, oh, tourism, this tourism industry, tourism, and they're pushing tourism, and it's like. And it's just going gangbusters. And before yeah. all this um, COVID thing, it was booming, like stupidly mm. booming. And um, uh, it's it, if if anything comes of it, and Tassie gets, you know, I, no, I don't want to say that, but it, <laughs> it, it was getting to a point where there were just too many busloads of tourists and too many yeah. tourists, and it was getting okay. ruined. Um, yeah, right. They were loving. They were going to love it to death. So yeah. Um, Maybe maybe we can take a step back and look at that. Cause, I think um, the reason well, people want to come to Tassie is for the lifestyle. Um, yeah. Or, you know, that, that, that sort of Tassie, not just the scenery, but the fact there's not that many people here. But it was getting to the point where, it, you know, you, you wouldn't go to Coles Bay, for example. You wouldn't go to Cradle Mountain as a local just because yeah. it's queues of people and it's just yeah. not what Tassie's all about. Yeah. Ricky and I were there last year, I think it was, um, in Hobart. And I've been to Hobart a few times. Um and the thing for us is the pace, the lifestyle, the everything's yep. quieter and slower, which to me is is fantastic. That's the sort of place that I can really feel at peace. But and you know, thinking about what well, you know, what geez, like this is this place is unbelievable. It's a surprise. I think the 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 best thing for Tasmania is the fact that it's not connected to the mainland, and that's what makes it so so special is because if it was so accessible, it wouldn't be what it is, um, you know, obviously. Yeah, and islands are good. There's something about islands too and driving around yeah. islands and just exploring them. And, yeah. Um, no, Tassie's very special and very different too from the west coast to the east coast, which is good. And, yep. you know, so the, the east coast is different to the highlands and the highlands is different to the north coast and the south coast, I'd say, I'd, not even I go down there. It's like scary, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 all, uh, it's all different and it's just, yeah, it's just good. It's just like being, being sort of back in the seventies a bit, I guess, um, yeah. compared to being in, in the mainland states. Bloody oath, bloody oath. Well, mate, thanks so much for joining us um, for the first sort of, I suppose, remote episode of Humans. It's um, the first. It's a first. Yeah, you might need to get used to it, eh? I think, I think for certainly the next few episodes will be remote. That's for sure. But. Um, no, I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to once all this is settled to actually coming down and enjoying Hobart um, and, and the rest of Tasmania as we spoke about such an amazing joint. And looking forward to catching up with you again. It's um, For now, it's just going to yeah. be via computer. and Like this, phone. yeah. No, looking forward to when, <laughs> when you come down and we can have a fish, mate. It'll be good. But, um, Sounds yeah, great. We'll, uh, all the best with it and, uh, and stay safe. Likewise. Thanks very much, Andrew. Good stuff. Oh, yeah.